You're listening to Nourish, Nurture, Breathe, a podcast dedicated to women at all stages of our health and wellness journey. I'm Christy from Christy Lee Nutrition. And I'm Cammy from This Mum's Kitchen. And together, we're here to inspire you with the knowledge and confidence to love into your mind, body, spirit, and lifestyle. Now set aside some time for you and join us on this cup-filling journey. Welcome back to Nourish, Nurture, Breathe. You're here with Cami, and this is episode 21. And today we're talking about stress and the effects it can have on our gut health, levels of inflammation, weight gain, anxiety and more. Stress is at the root cause of so many of the issues and conditions many of us face today. I think that's something we're all aware of already. But what may be less well known is that stress doesn't need to necessarily stem from what we'd call big stresses to take its toll. Stress can also be the accumulation of continued, everyday, little, niggly stresses, which can topple us over into what's known as chronic stress. So my intention for today's episode is to first load you up with knowledge around what stress really is and how it takes its effect on our gut health and then give you some easy, practical steps you can implement today to help you better manage your stress, no matter how big or small it may seem. So first up, let's just accept that stress is a totally normal part of life. And no matter how hard we try, we're never really going to avoid it. Things happen, life happens. This year, 2020, is proof enough of that. I think we can all safely say that we've experienced more stress and for longer periods this year than most of us have ever before. Depending on where we are in the world and our specific life circumstances, those stresses are going to vary massively. It's really easy to fall into self-judgment and compare our stress and challenges to those of others, which may seem bigger or smaller to us looking in from the outside. But when that happens, please Just try and remember that your hard is your hard and how it feels to you is unique to you and comparing your hard to anything else doesn't get us anywhere. What can help is to be really open around how certain things make us feel and try and be open wide to those feelings without any judgment, either from your own mean girl voice or from the voice of others outside of you because we can all raise our hand and say with real honesty that we know what stress feels like and it doesn't matter if that's come from something like your kids tantruming um, from being massively overtired or feeling a work stress or relationships or friendships maybe something in the family maybe through finances or career maybe it's something as simple in inverted commas from always rushing or or multitasking or running late maybe it is from something deeper like a death in the family or serious accidents or breakups but remember that wherever your stress stems from the first step is just to accept it without judgment and then we can move on from there because our potential 
stresses, the list of those, well, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? That's modern life. Modern life is full of stress. And that's okay. We were designed to effectively manage stress. In fact, our stress response, that fight or flight you would have heard about a lot, and you'll be hearing about a lot today as well, it's actually a protective mechanism. It's there to to make sure that our whole system is prepped and primed and ready to keep us alive. And just like with so many other things we face in our lives, we have all of the tools already within us through our mind, body and spirit to effectively manage stress and to return from our stress response, which is that rise of, I guess, energy and focus to keeping us alive, which is when our our sympathetic nervous system kicks in. So we have the ability to let that just spring into place when it's needed. And then we also have the ability to return to that constant state, that one that we want of what I call rest and digest, which is our parasympathetic nervous system. So we are fully equipped to do both of those things and to have those moments of heightened stress, that protective mechanism, physiological mechanism that we have, and then to be in our constant rest and digest once that moment of heightened danger has passed. But what has happened with modern life is, and what is less natural and what we are less well equipped for and what we sort of have to consciously arm ourselves against is the impact of chronic stress and the, the sort of domino effect impact that chronic stress has on our mind, our body, our spirit and our lifestyle. So we're not aiming, and it's really important to remember this, we're not aiming to avoid stress entirely because that would be impossible. But what we do need to do is to be aware of the stresses in our life, how they impact us on our mind, our body, our spirit and our lifestyle, how consistent those stresses are and then sort of have the knowledge and empowerment of how best to manage each of those for ourselves. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get started. So as a first start, Um, I'd love you just to think on a range of 0 to 10, 0 being 0, nothing, no stress, 10 being huge amounts of stress, where you are at the moment with um, stress in your life. And just give yourself a really honest number there and just hold on to that. Um, And then I'd like you to think back to the last time there was a real heightened moment of stress for you. What did you feel at that moment? What were your physiological signs, symptoms? What had, what had happened? What made you feel that stress? How did you react? And in hindsight, do you feel like your reaction was due and sort of fair in terms of what had happened? Or do you feel like maybe it was an overreaction because potentially that last stress, that last niggly thing was just the drop that sent the cup totally overflowing with stress. Have a think back to those physiological symptoms and think about what they were. Did you feel hot? Was it rapid heart rate? Did you get a shorter breath? 
did you feel like a surge of blood I, to your to your to your head and to your hands perhaps sweating palms butterflies in your stomach all of those physical responses they're part of our sympathetic nervous system so remember that's your nervous system that kicks in when you're stressed the sympathetic nervous system and it's its responses its primordial response physiological response which has never changed over the evolution of human beings it has never changed and that's our response to impeding danger and that's real or perceived and that is our stress response or our fight or flight so in evolutionary terms, this would have been because we were responding to something real in inverted commas. So something physical, most likely, like a saber-toothed tiger ready to pounce on us. Today, that danger may be something, again, as real in inverted commas as a potential car accident as it might be to your bully of a boss walking into the room or your overtired child having a, you know, the 50th tantrum in that hour. For our bodies and our minds, those stresses and our physical responses to them are one and the same. So what's happening on the inside is that we are preparing to do three things above all others. Number one, is to think our way out of a sticky spot. So if you're imagining again that saber-toothed tiger, our first response there is looking around all of our, you know, our brain has gone into super focus mode. We are looking for a way out. Number two, it's sending all of the blood to our limbs. We're going to have to leg it if we can't find a way out. And number three, the one we don't want to have to do, but we're gonna need all our strength to do it if we have to, is to fight the tiger. So that's the three things that our body is priming ourselves for in that heightened moment of stress above all others. Because, of course, in that moment when there's that tiger, and remember, the body doesn't know that there's no tiger. You know, your bully, your tantruming child, your bill you can't pay, it's all the same on this physiological level. And so we're still priming ourselves for survival. And what's happening... When I, and that's why I say we stress or we digest because what's happening when we're in that sympathetic nervous system is that we can only be in one state or the other. We can only be in fight or flight or in rest and digest. We can't be in both. So when we're in fight or flight, our digestive enzymes stop releasing because of course we're not prioritizing digestion while we're trying to survive, our stomach acid um, goes massively low and, sort of, and, and um, lowers production. Oxygen and blood are diverted away from our digestion and into our brains and muscles, because as I said, we're going to need to leg it or maybe we're going to need to fight. And also our brain. So have you ever noticed that when you're stressed, you work your best? I remember at university, I was sort of known as lastminute.cam because I would, for some reason, I would never understand, wait for um, the, the, the final hour to write my essays and my assignments. But then they would come across so beautifully because I was so laser focused. And that laser focus is part of our fight or flight response too. It's that number one option, thinking our way out of a tricky situation or thinking our way through a really good essay or a great presentation. 
It's great in those key moments where we need to think on our feet to survive, but we don't want it to hang around for the long haul because while we're in fight or flight, we can't be in rest and digest. And our rest and digest is our mainstay system. It's also when we restore and it's how we keep inflammation at bay. It's ideal for digestion, recovery and healing. Fight or flight is not ideal for any of those things. So as you can imagine, eating isn't great for our body either when we're stressed. Because on a physiological level, it is the last thing our bodies are expecting. Imagine again, you're, you know, near your cave, there's that tiger waiting to pounce. You're trying to think your way out of the situation. You're getting primed to leg it or to fight. You're not going to be thinking about lunch. And so what happens is that actually putting food into our body while we're in a state of stress is stressful for the gut. And when we're in a state of chronic stress, it can cause an increase in our allostatic load, which is basically like the wear and tear on our bodies due to physiological responses that accumulate with chronic stress. So while we're stressed, as I've said, our sympathetic nervous system is activated. Our digestion, which is controlled by our parasympathetic nervous system, and remember they can't be activated at the same time, the parasympathetic nervous system is switched off and that's the one that controls, among other things, our digestion, our sexual arousal, our salivation and our toilet habits. So that might also be why, I'm not sure if you've noticed, that when you're highly stressed, you're stressed for a number of days, you might not go to the bathroom as regularly as you would used to. So that's what I'm talking about. We're either stressing or we're digesting. So normally, when we're in a normal state of rest and restore, our parasympathetic nervous system is supposed to kick into play during and after eating. But if we're stressed, and this can be, remember, just a state of chronic stress, so not necessarily something's just made us feel stressed, but if we've slipped into that state of chronic stress, which I'll explain a little bit more in a moment, then we're still, we could still potentially have our sympathetic nervous system switched on. So if that's happening and we're eating but we're stressed, the parasympathetic nervous system gets automatically overshadowed by the sympathetic nervous system because it's prepping to keep us alive. And that survival instinct is, of course, the most important one of all. So what happens next? Well, in our stress response, so that's our fight or flight or what we're talking about, the sympathetic nervous system, after the first surge of allergen, um, adrenaline, excuse me, which is that energy vroom, that you feel when you're stressed, if the stressor is still present, the body activates what's called the HPA axis. So that's your hypothalamus, your pituitary and your adrenals. And this hormonal system works to keep the body in a state where it can respond to ongoing stress by releasing more hormones. I'm not going to get into like which hormones and stuff, but basically beyond slowing down digestion, the continuous release of these hormones can negatively affect the body in 
many, many ways. And they have a sort of domino effect. One of these effects is increased belly fat. So how does this happen? Well, simply put, the stress signals the release of cortisol and elevated cortisol causes an increase in visceral abdominal fat. And that's the type of dangerous fat which produces cytokines, which cause inflammation. It's also the type of fat that um, is most likely around your abdominal section. And it's the type of fat that's associated with um, higher risk of heart disease, vascular disease, poor blood sugar control, depression and dementia. Um, so this is where we're talking about, you know, our gut health and our digestive health. It's so intertwined with our well-being overall. Um, and it really is important to sort of understand the relationship between our, you know, physical, mental and emotional stresses and how that can wreak havoc on our gut. So some other continued um, stress symptoms can include feeling bloated after meals, weight gain, especially around the waist, um, heartburn, indigestion and low energy. And this can all be regardless of a really healthy diet. So let's say you eat, you're eating a really healthy diet, you're exercising regularly, um, but you're still gaining weight and you don't know why one of the first places I would be looking would be at your stress levels. Um, because as we've said over and over again in this episode, really, you know, we really can, we can stress or we can digest. We can't do both simultaneously. Also because after living in a state of constant chronic stress for some time, our body will automatically re-establish our set point for stress. So basically what happens that our set point, it's, it just sets lower. And what that means is that the brain will react with a full stress response to even smaller stresses. So at this state, the body is stuck in survival mode with pretty much no off switch unless you consciously seek to turn it off. And when your body is used to a specific level of stress, it works to maintain that because that's sort of become the norm. So therefore, when we're highly stressed for extended periods, our body and lifestyle will adapt to that stress and make it the norm. But of course, our bodies aren't designed to live with that constant state of stress and that imbalance of the HPA axis. Remember, that's your hypothalamus, your pituitary, and your adrenals, and that heightened release of hormones. So, sort of simply put, if we keep our gas pedal continuously down in that, par in that sympathetic nervous system, and our, and our parasympathetic nervous system can't ever switch on, well, eventually we're gonna run out of gas. Um, and that's, you know, when you see the heightened symptoms of um, depression, anxiety, um, weight gain, insomnia, headaches, um, all sorts of other manifestations of this stress um, in, in physical or mental or emotional ways. So I'm hoping I've convinced you that chronic stress is real 
and of the many reasons why it doesn't work in our favour. So how about we now move from that knowledge and empowerment to even more so with some practical tips about how to stress less and rest and digest more. And what's wonderful here is that the list of practices and rituals you can implement is about as long as the list of of why you'd want to. Um, But before we get into those, as you know, if you've been listening to my um, episodes for a while, you'll know that I'm all around self-awareness. So before we get into them, I'd love to spend some time looking into your awareness of how you feel when you're stressed, because we're all different. And our stresses and our reasons for stress are all different. And as I said right at the beginning, please remember and please switch off your comparing voice and your judging voice and just breathe into what stresses you. And don't let it be anything other than yours. Um, You know, your heart is your heart, your life is your life, your feelings are your feelings and the best and most nutritious thing we can do for ourselves is to love into those open-heartedly with true acceptance, true kindness and heightened awareness. So as we go into this I'd love you to open wide and ask yourself these questions. In moments of heightened stress what do I feel in my body? And if you've got a moment and you can and you're not driving or walking or doing anything else right now, get a notepad out and or write it on your phone and whatever works for you um, and answer the question, what I feel in my body when I'm stressed. And if you're not really aware, then the next time stress comes, maybe look into that awareness when it happens and feel into your body a bit. What are your thoughts? What are your voices saying to you when it's happening? What do you feel in your heart centre? So what's that emotional tug? And what has caused you to feel stressed? And that will be potentially what is causing you in that moment to feel stressed. But also what I find a lot of the time is that it's not only what's happening in that moment. There's going to be an accumulation there as well a little jigsaw puzzle. And as with our health and happiness as an accumulation, so is our stress. Um, And so it's really worthwhile unpicking that as well, if you can. Um, And that's when you'll sort of get to answer the question as well of any ongoing stresses in your life, any niggling relationships, any... Um, sort of deep-rooted worries, anything like that. And the more familiar you become with those stresses, the less control they will have over you. So as I said, if you're able to write down these points and the next time you start to feel heightened stress, you can start to notice some reoccurring patterns and if there are any shifts you could make to help alleviate those patterns. Um, and to either dampen your response or avoid the situation entirely. Okay, so now on to some stress management techniques. And I'll give you a few of my favourites. Um, but as I said, there are absolutely heaps. And honestly, like just trying to think of a, of a list that I could 
do in this episode and not be talking for too long. It was really tough to decide on just a few and the ones I've chosen are the ones that I would start off with in a coaching practice um, because they're easy to get going with and then from here you know you can take your toolkit and expand it in the directions that work best for you. So first up is mindful breathing and I know it can sound woo-woo and um, I know a lot of people sort of think, oh, you know, if I'm going to spend time mindful breathing, I'd, I'd rather be doing yoga or I'd rather be going for a walk or, you know, I'd rather be doing other things. And I totally understand that feeling, but I'm really sort of hoping that you will just give yourself the opportunity to try because the beauty of mindful breathing is that it's momentary. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in any time, you can do it in any situation, you can do it with people being aware that you're doing it, just like you can do it with people, and without people being aware at all. And it's powerful. You know, studies have shown how deep mindful breathing is beneficial to our overall well-being, and it really, really, really does affect, um, reduce stress levels in the body. The reason being is to think back to those physiological responses, so that rapid breathing, the increase in the heart rate. What we're doing is we're consciously sending a message to our parasympathetic nervous system saying you're safe to kick in, kick in. Through breathing deep into our diaphragm, we're activating the vagus nerve, which talks to that parasympathetic nervous system and says, I'm safe we can chill. We don't need to be in fight or flight. There is no imminent danger. We're okay. And it's so, so, so powerful. And you can just do it in moments. So I love to use this at those times when I feel the surge. Um, And that might be when my daughter is, you know, about to have another tantrum or when I'm trying to get my both my kids out the door in time for school and daycare drop off and get to work on time. And I feel that, yeah, that surge and that accumulation. Um, and I just stop and maybe I'll just do two and it will take me about 30 seconds and it can help. It just takes you out of that moment. It gives you a bit of space between your stress moment and your response. And it gives you that opportunity to breathe, slow down and think. So let's do a couple together. Um, So at least I know that you're going to get two in today. What you're going to do is you're just going to sit comfortably, stand comfortably, or just keep doing exactly what you're doing. um, And just breathe in and out through your nose. And we'll try and do that for about four to five seconds each way. And if you can take a one second pause at the top, so between your in-breath and your out-breath. That would be great too. So let's do that together. Wonderful. And what you're Um, working on there is that your tummy comes out on your in breath 
So you can put your hand on your abdomen and just um, make sure that it's coming out as you breathe in. And also as you get to be more practiced in um, your mindful breathing, you can also try and make your exhale a little bit longer than your inhale. But at the start, just four to five seconds, both sides, and a little pause at the top, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, so you can either try to do five to 10 of these each day. Um, I love to do them in the morning, just as I'm rolling out of bed and sort of walking into the kitchen, starting to get everything ready for the kids. And I do some just before I go to sleep as well. And then I've also got them on hand for those stressful situations. Um, but as you, how you use them is totally up to you. Just have them in your toolkit and keep them on hand for when you need. My second tool for your toolbox, your anti-stress toolbox, is gratitude. And again, I know gratitude is one of the holistic practices which is getting more and more time in the sun um, recently. And But, you know, it's for good reason. And gratitude has always been shown to be massively beneficial to our health and has positive effects on our overall stress levels too. Um, because just think about it, if you have a positive mindset, then how can you simultaneously be positive but feeling hopelessly depressed or hopelessly stressed? And they sort of don't go together. So it really is an empowering tool we can, we can work into our lives. Um, but it does take time. And I think that that's the thing that um, a lot of people who talk about gratitude maybe don't put enough onus on because you do have to practice. Um, and as my lovely friend Lisa Throssell, who I had on the show, um, we talked about energy and positive mindset. As she says, um, practice makes permanent. And I absolutely love that, especially when talking about gratitude, because the more you practice gratitude, the more permanent your state of gratitude becomes. And you can truly consciously shift your mindset to be more positive through an, a regular habit of gratitude. Because the more you look for the positive and tend towards gratitude, the easier it comes. I'll give you an example of a recent thing in my family. Um, my husband had a bad cycling accident um, about six weeks ago. We're totally alone here in Perth. We have no family here and we have two kids and he really badly broke his collarbone. And it's, it's honestly, it's been awful. He was in so much pain um, for, for a really long time. We had to wait ages before he got the surgery. He was in diabolical pain before that back you know like groundhog day to real real pain from the surgery it was awful he couldn't sleep he couldn't really do anything for himself I, I was nursing him um it was really tough and our two kids obviously still you know everything still having to happen school having to happen work having to happen house laundry you know tidying up everything and, and everything was on me and my husband was in terrible pain and it was just awful but I honestly even though there were so many times when I felt really sorry for myself um, it still almost instantly slipped back into but thank god it wasn't his neck or thank god it wasn't his you know his back or um, you know thank thank god he can still work and thank god he'll heal totally and 
you know, all of these things. And I actually was a little bit sort of almost blown away by the power of gratitude because we all have moments of poor me and poor us and, oh, this is exhausting. And, and, and we all should. It's part of life. And that's what I mean about loving into all of the feelings. And when you're feeling blue, you're feeling blue and you love into that and give yourself all the kindness you need to break through that curve and then flip the switch um, and turn on that gratitude and turn on that thankfulness um, and it really is powerful and there are many ways to get into gratitude you know gratitude journaling um, is a wonderful one you can just start off by writing one or two things that you are grateful for each day or each week or when the moment comes I love speaking gratitude I think it brings even more power to it and I think it brings the real beauty of the giving and receiving of gratitude as well. So I love to tell the people I am grateful for um, and I love to tell them to their face um, and I try and do that sort of weekly um, just when it comes spontaneously to actually say to someone you know, if I've had a really strong feeling of gratitude towards someone to pick up the phone and tell them or if we if we manage to see each other face to face to tell them to their face or to pop them a message or something just to say you know I'm really so grateful for you for x y and z um and it's a beautiful empowering feeling for me and I'm sure for them and it's wonderful so yeah definitely give speaking gratitude um a go to and then number three um is big rocks now, this is a coaching technique I use to help busy, multitasking people um, feel the need to multitask a little less and also feel like they have more control over their to-do list. And I say there in a very sort of, um, it really also my, I mean, it's something I use for myself a lot. Um, yeah, definitely very helpful. Um, and it's because life is so busy, you know, and we're all constantly cramming more in. Um, hopefully the things that your life are busy with things that you enjoy and the things things that bring you joy and um, but there are also things in our lives that we just have to do and I think that that's the mix that can sometimes feel overwhelming and um, but what big rocks help us do is to take the pressure off by deciding what our top priorities are for the day and we tick those off and then practicing patience and delegation and letting go with the other smaller rocks and pebbles so it's a visualization technique so you can close your eyes um, while you do it. Again, if you're you know, driving or something like that or walking right now, don't you know, close your eyes, obviously. But you can always come back <coughs> excuse me, and, um, and do it. So basically, close your eyes and practice some wonderful deep breaths. And we'll do a couple together. Breathe in through your nose. And out. Breathe in and out. Okay, keep that lovely constant breath. As you imagine a big glass jar, and it's a really huge jar, and you need to pop into it 
big rocks of the things that you really, really, really need to do today. They must be done today. And just let these things come into your mind, these big rocks, the ones that if you don't do them today, there'll be trouble tomorrow. What are they? How many are they? Depending on the size, we'll be going for anything between one, two, three or four big rocks. Now pop those rocks into your jar. And then you've got all the sand and the pebbles and they're your little things. And you pop those into as much as you can, just until the jar is just about full. Don't try and fill it up too high. And any of the sand and the pebbles that couldn't fit in, that's okay. You let them be. Now lay that aside and take another big jar. Same size, really, really big. And what I'd love you to do now is just pour in all those sand and pebbles, all those little things that every day niggle, niggle at you. All of those things. Pour them in, pour them in. Now try and get in your same number of big rocks. Do they fit? No, they don't. Because we've filled our jar with all the little things. All the things that we don't really have to do. Those things that maybe might be able to wait. Or maybe someone else could do them. Or maybe we just don't need to worry about at all. And they're taking up all our space. Because of them, we're not able to fit in the big rocks. So let's set that jar aside. That jar just doesn't serve us. Let's go back to that first big jar. And how everything is just slotted in nicely into place. You can do it. You can do absolutely everything that is important, that needs you and only you. That you can absolutely do. All the other stuff, maybe it can wait. Maybe you can delegate. Or maybe it's time to just let go. And as you breathe in, one more lovely deep breath. And out. Breathe in that confidence in yourself and that inner knowledge that you are enough. That you can do absolutely everything you need to there is no one more capable of being you than you and just don't worry about the little stuff open your eyes and from here write down on your list on the piece of paper if you have it what those big rocks were and they're what you have to do every day and all the little things once again you just decide, they can wait, 
you can delegate or maybe it's time to just let them go. You don't really need them anyway. Lovely. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. Um, I'll wrap it up here and um, just hope to remind you to love into the areas of your life, all of your areas of your life, even the ones which are stresses for you. To recognise what is stressful for you, how it makes you feel and what your responses are to those stresses and to manage them with some of these techniques that we've talked about today or some of your own and that remembering that practice makes permanent. If you'd like to chat to me further about um, any of my coaching sessions or coaching practices, um, especially about my Mind Body Lifestyle Wellness Club, um, which is an online coaching club I run mon um, through monthly membership, um, and we cover the whole holistic circle of well-being. Um, please reach out to me at hello at thismumskitchen.com or via our Nourish, Nurture, Breathe Instagram or Facebook channels and just put my name, Cami, that's K-A-M-I, at the top of the message. Um, and if you mention that you are inquiring about my Mind, Body, Lifestyle, Wellness Club because of the podcast and you do decide to join up to the club, then I will give you a free copy of my What to Eat book as a thank you. Um, so thank you so much for listening and until next time, remember we can stress or we can digest and thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We're really grateful for the time you spent with us and can't wait to do it again. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hop over to Apple Podcasts or Facebook and leave us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to us via the Nourish, Nurture, Breathe Facebook or Instagram pages and check out nourishnurturebreathe.com for our show notes. Thank you and until next time, remember to nourish, nurture and breathe every day.